Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce you to Claire Farge. Um, very honoured to speak to Claire again. Such was the success of our first chat that she's our first guest to come back for a second attempt. Um, that's a bit cruel. I don't mean attempt, do I? Claire, it's always a pleasure to chat. You've been busy recently with your triathlon nutrition, nutrition hub. How's that all yeah. going and how's that taking off? Um, we're really pleased to see that launcher for you. Yeah, no, it's been fantastic. It's been a lot of hard work um, to kind of bring it to fruition. And actually, you know, over over lockdown has kind of really, um, we've kind of really utilised that time to, to really sort of create something for um, the, the, the kind of many triathletes that are out there that want to try and optimise um, their nutrition and maybe don't have the sort of time um, or even sort of finances maybe to access um, specialist nutritionists. Um and also because of you know lockdown as well, we had our triathlon nutrition camps. I think the last time we spoke, Dan, that's what we were talking about. Yeah, um, and obviously I'd... lockdown has got in a way a lot of things, and one of those is uh, spending time with people in in the same household. So um, that's certainly something with the camps that we will be um, launching um, again next year. So that's something exciting to to happen. But um, the triathlon nutrition hub is um, just a, a wealth of knowledge. Um, for people, um, for triathletes, um, swimmers, and cyclists, and runners to be able to to be able to access. So yeah, been been really busy, um, and it's been nice, Dan. I guess for you as well to have the uh, the lake open, um, so that you that you uh, you had lots of swimming going on over the summer as well. We we were very sad to see that close. Actually, I mean, obviously, we were just discussing. Wouldn't it be nice to run that through the winter? Um, yeah. I, I mean, unfortunately, I mean, I just loved being outdoors and it was great to have, you know, people were thanking us for, for setting it up and running it. I mean, people, yeah. I mean, you know, we get up early, but I, I don't think people appreciate, you know, how much of a passion we have mm -hmm. for, for swimming. And, and, you know, it's just given any year, any normal year, you know, even without being locked up for months before it finally yeah. opened, you know the the joy of just seeing people in uh, you know enjoying themselves coming in exercise and activity you know the social aspect people are chatting obviously at a distance um but but no that that was that was a, f a fantastic summer and yeah it's just you know we we were thanking people for coming and supporting us because financially yeah. you know it's been a disaster yeah. of a yeah. year but um but you know they they were thanking us for putting it on uh, and it was just a a, a lovely thing happening together really um absolutely I, mean, I think that's that's something that people you know people we've we've all as triathletes i think you know um realized <laughs> that one um one we miss our fellow triathletes and and kind of that interaction but also you know the the um the swimming and kind of the routine of that as well oh we you know we lowered our prices and you know hopefully encouraging people to come more often at its peak we had sort of five swims per week and you know i know for a fact one youngster came to every single session so i think we had about really? 12 or 13 weeks in total in yeah. in the end and yeah. yeah four or five swims a week at its peak so, you know, and, and people would do coming back multiple times, you know, they were enjoying their routine, enjoying their exercise. You know, we, we know swimming has certain benefits and we'll, we'll come on to yeah. those later, uh, it, especially cold swimming, which uh, seems to be nonstop in the in the press at the moment. But, yeah. but talk to me about the hub. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a triathlete. And, you know, you you are known as sort of you, you call yourself the fourth discipline. 
So I want to maximize my gains. I want to, you know, I don't, I want to fuel sensibly for my training. And I, I've not, I've, I don't come from a sporting background. I don't have much of an idea. How do, how do I get in touch and what, talk me through what I need to do to start with? Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, it's really easy to access. So um, if you um, hop onto our website, um, you can literally click the button. So if you go onto the fourthdiscipline.com web- website, um, you can click um, click the button to join the um, join the membership hub. Um, and you can see a few little downloads as well. So we've given you some f- um, freebies there to sort of take away to see what the, the, the kind of resources that are in um, the Triathlon Nutrition Hub. Um, so you can get kind of a bit of a feel for it. And we've actually just this week um, got a new host for our um, for our membership um, hub, which means that it's just has loads more functionality even than a couple of weeks ago so we've really sort of pushed forward with um with how it looks and how it feels and um some of our um, founding members that are already in it are really sort of loving loving the feel of it already it's really easy to to sort of find yourself around So, so within that hub um is very much the um the style and blueprint and ethos behind the way that we work at, uh, at Fourth Discipline. So, um, and we also give you a guide right at the very beginning because there's so much information in there. We found that lots of people just like dipping in there. So I've got different sort of athletes that have said that you know, they love all the different sort of recipe downloads. So we've got um, the um, our um, high performance um, chef that's still working with us. So um, he's the um, the chap that. Um, is due to come on our camps with us um so he's done some great recipes for us um along with some of the recipes that that we've also been using um sort of throughout the year so you can literally hop in there you can find recipes for sort of um snacks for sort of pre-training post-training um some good kind of breakfast and evening meals as well in terms of sort of nutrient density so if it's kind of recipes and ideas you're looking for there's loads of ideas in there um there's also um, lots of information about actually how you can change your nutrition. Um, so using this kind of guide, this kind of really five-step guide as to how to start using all those resources. Um, so whilst there's lots of bits in there, you might want to just kind of you know dive in and find your way around. Actually, there's also a bit of a guide about where you could start um, to actually think about your nutrition, and that's... collect some information, um, reflect and sort of feedback to yourself almost. Um, and we're just about to start our community within that nutrition hub as well. So actually, you you could have accountability, you know, by speaking to some of your fellow members in there as well. Um, and I know some people are a fan of communities and others not so much. But that's that's something um, that we um, are just about to to sort of start within the hub as well. So there's lots of information. We've also um, actually interesting last night we just did a fantastic um, webinar. Um, which we will upload this afternoon, actually, into the hub. Um, we did a webinar that with An- precision hydration with Andy, yeah, yeah, with Andy. So that was that was fantastic. Um, and we, you know, we talked about every everything, sort of hydration and how that kind of fits in as part of that jigsaw puzzle, really, with with nutrition um, and how it's important to to make sure that we're optimizing both. So we've got lots going on, lots of webinars from um, from professionals within sort of the area of. Um, nutrition and sort of coaching as well um and we're also due to have um some other nutritionists um coming on board as well with some webinars which is really exciting just to kind of um you know um talk through and sort of challenge thoughts and also different approaches to nutrition as well so lots going on in there and and lots to come i mean that's important isn't it going back a fraction there you you know Mm -hmm. people can find recipes and and 
but you know psychologically how do you make the change and how do you implement them and how do you make them stick it it's a, that's tough and i like the idea of some accountability i you know I, people can dream up swimming sessions it's not rocket science but you know to have someone to report back to i think yeah. that's a that's a good idea and and whether it's a community whether it's some uh, you know a nutritionist or a swim coach i think that's a lot of people like that just that little bit of pressure to make sure they they toe the line Absolutely. And I think, you know, you, you, you know, you said it right there is that actually, I think for a lot of people, the accountability of having a coach, um, you know, yes, they could, um, when we were lucky enough just to be able to turn up to a pool, um, <laughs> yeah. we, you know, you, you could just turn up to a pool session and go and get, you know, go and get your um, session done. But we all know, and, and, you know, you, you um, ultimately know, Dan, that actually, you know, us having that accountability of turning up to a session such as a coach session or being coached by someone, there is that accountability. You know, no matter how tired you are, you, you turn up because you're, you know, going to have some social interaction, but you also know that you'll probably push yourself that, that sort of bit harder maybe than you would have before. And actually, you know, having having that accountability as part of the, the hub is, is really important. And we try to find a number of ways to do that to suit kind of everyone. Um, so actually using those resources and being able to feed back to yourself. So we've got lots of um, different sort of downloads where you can reflect and feed back. So you can actually look at the information you've collected um, and then be able to, to make changes and tweaks based on that. Um, so almost kind of self-coaching in that sense, but but having very much that kind of time that you do feed back to yourself um, in, in kind of a, a, structured, a structured manner. Um, but accountability is really important, I think. I, mean, uh, I, I'm, uh, I think that's what helps us all to. I mean, I'm um, the I'm the worst. Ima imagine how many swim sessions I I could create for myself. By the time yeah. I've parked or ridden to the pool, you know, those thirty one hundreds have probably become twenty four. By the time I've got yeah. changed, it's down to eighteen. By the time I've finished yeah. a warm up, I'm thinking, oh, probably twelve will do. And yeah, yeah. you know, but but if I go, I I I've previously I, I volunteered with the London Disability Swim Club and um, with a, another lovely coach called Michelle I've worked with for years you know I can I can jump into the pool and you know just with someone on the end of the pool I'll want to work harder to I don't know whether it's some it's just a psychological thing but that's I, I like to work harder for someone and just have them checking off the lengths ticking the times and I know I'll get a whole lot more done. So I, that's a good idea because, I, you know, I, I, I know what I should be doing when it comes to my diet. But sometimes it's just hard to, to stick to it. So and, and that's where you provide some feedback and some insights. Yeah. Yeah, no, ab absolutely. Um, and, you know, I think I think um, we've like I say, we've really sort of tried to provide different ways of people's different learning styles and what they're looking for as well. Um, so whilst there's lots of downloads um, in terms of being able to kind of plan out your own nutrition, plan out your grocery shopping for the week, um, like all of those different things, because some people oh, are gosh, real planners, planning, you know, yeah. they like to have a set plan and they like to go and get on with it. And actually that those um, those sections of the membership site really allow you to be able to do that. Um, but there's also people that just, you know, want maybe sort of tips for racing so there's some um yeah. we've got our um ttt series which is top top tips for triathlon um so we've got those um kind of being added the, um, the whole time and there's um um ideas really for um how to fuel before your afternoon um 
your afternoon training session or for a time trial or um, for a race as well. So people might just dip in there because they want a few tips and they want a few ideas and recipes or maybe they sort of that, want that community feel or they can create something more structured with that, their own sort of accountability um, as if you were seeing somebody face-to-face. And actually on the face-to-face side of things, um, I know we're all sort of fed up of um, everything being virtual at the moment. Um, but what we um, do offer, which I think is, which, which I think is fantastic, um, is that I, I actually offer the um, office hours, or something we call office hours, every single week. So um, every week um, you can sign up um, and come and join us um, for an hour, and you can ask any questions that you have um, about nutrition, and um, you know it might have been things that you have seen on one of our webinars or one of the one of the resources that you're using that you want to ask questions about. So there is that accountability as well in terms of that face-to-face or that one-to-one um, as part of like a wider community so we've really tried to create this this kind of feel of having some sort of connection and um, accountability in lots of different sort of um, lots of different sort of ways um, and I guess I guess you've kind of done the same thing down in terms of like you know your coach sessions but also you've got your swim in a bottle as well haven't you so if people wanted to go and do their own session again it's kind of a structured way to be able to go and Go do that, isn't it? I mean, we were we were fortunate. I mean, well, it was some, I don't know, not not really any amazing insights, but obviously we were we were just looking at ways of how we could be on poolside with people to create, you know, some of the magic that we create, you know, when we're coaching on poolside. So session in a bottle was an idea that you know here you can have our sessions with you in a in a you know a, a useful container that mm-hmm. will provide hydration um even when we're we're not there so you know and and with the pools still mostly closed to external hiring clubs are struggling to come back at least you can have some structure and i know you can print off a sheet of paper and with some sort of session created but it's a soggy mess before you know it and yeah, yeah, it's just compact. It's convenient. You've got your hydration. You've got your session uh, constructed actually on on the bottle. We've got three models now. We've got a technical green bottle to actually provide drills that will help certain areas of your kick, uh, certain areas of breathing, certain areas, uh, you know, of, of your full stroke front crawl technique. So that that's been that's been helpful. But so so let's come back to hydration. I've known Andy or known of him for quite some time and happy to give him a plug. Uh, he's been racing and doing sort of coaching for many, many years. And so now he's offering uh, a sweat analysis service. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so actually we've just, um, we've just taken on, um, or become the, um, first, um, West Midlands or Midlands um, sweat testing centre as well actually so there's um, a couple of different um, testing centres across the country and actually also internationally as well um, which is great for some of my US athletes so I'm able to hook them up with sweat testing if I'm working with them um, in the US so um, it works out really well Um, so yeah the sweat testing is fantastic and actually interestingly I didn't realise until I started um, working alongside or or partnered with um, Precision Hydration um, is that the original sweat testing machine was actually based on um, the machine similar to um, they use in hospitals um, with cystic fibrosis or to help diagnose um, cystic fibrosis ah. um, following a, a heel prick test um, 
which is really interesting. So it's it's very well researched. It's it's used um, in in a medical setting, um, and it literally takes um, thirty minutes um, essentially with um, some time sort of for feedback as well. But it stimulates the the sweat the sweat glands. Um, so we're able to um, we're able to stimulate the sweat, and we're able to take a sample of that sweat and then analyze it through a little machine. We can analyze a very small sample of sweat um, through the machine to find out the, the, the concentration of sodium within that sweat. Um, so again, helping you to plan plan your hydration. Because for those people that actually, interestingly, one of the conversations we had last night is that if you are at that end of the scale, that you are not only maybe sweating a large volume of fluid, but you're also sweating a large composition of sodium within that fluid or concentration. Um, you know, you would really, really struggle in in some of those maybe indoor sessions that you've been doing that are, are quite a lot warmer, or it's certainly in hot and humid environments if you're racing, um, you know, in, in hot weather the whole time, or maybe lucky enough to go to the World Championships or, or, or something like that in a, in a hot country, um, knowing that you need to be replacing and prehydrating actually and replacing um, during um, that race or that training session and afterwards with, with more sodium maybe than, than you had thought. So it gives us a, real, a really good insight um, into how much we need to be, a ballpark figure of where we need to be starting with um, replacing sodium. It's an interesting era, isn't it? Because we, mm -hmm. you know, there's been electrolyte tablets available for, for quite some time now, but, yeah. you, and you know, individually, we know we all sweat, but actually there's different compositions to it. And and that makes sense, doesn't it? Because I've been at various hot races and you see some athletes crossing the finish lines with, you know, caked in white powder on their yeah. tri suits and then others, you know, they're, they're, they're not so that tells us something different is going on and and it, it would make sense to have that analyzed and figure out because we're not all standardized and and we don't all adhere to the generic instructions on the side of these packets that you get yeah no absolutely and i think you know that that comes down to um like a, what you know one of the main ethos behind the way that that i've always worked and that we work in sports discipline is that you know every athlete is an individual and and we can't just you know, um, kind of slam a, a diet or a prescription, um, you know, that, that's generic for everybody because we're not, you know, we're all individuals and, you know, I'm very much about sort of theory and practice and actually there is theory behind, you know, um, how much carbohydrate we should use per hour or, you know, even down to testing your sodium and knowing that actually, well, this is how much you sweat out. Well, then you then need to go out and trial it and see how you feel and see whether that does work for you. And of course, that's going to change in different conditions for you um, uh, as well. Um, so it really is about that kind of very sort of individual um, approach for an athlete. And I think, you know, lockdown has given us time to um, to kind of really think about sort of different areas as well. You know, I think in race season, you know, triathletes are very much about sort of thinking about well, what race equipment am I going to use, you know, buying a new set of wheels or a new set of faster, slightly faster tyres or, you know, spending thousands of pounds on things. And actually, I think often we forget about um, how much nutrition and hydration actually do make a huge difference. Um, you know, we spend all, the, all these hours on training. I mean, you know that damn for sure. You know, athletes are turning up when we could, just, you know, turning up to all those swim sessions and trying to, you know, improve um, technique and improve performance and um, improve their aerobic capacity um, and, and fitness. Um, 
and we need to be doing all of these things obviously to get to the start line and to and, and to race um but we need to be putting all those pieces of the jigsaw puzzle together to know? finish and the I, race I of course spend a lot of time buying and researching kits um and maybe not about actually thinking about all the all the things that are actually really you know really really important um do you find that with kit actually in terms of swimming in terms of people spending more and more money on on different sort of swim kits when actually they could just kind of do with doing a little bit more training (laughs) well i I remember being at the outlaw uh race a a bunch of years ago and Mm. you know walking past transition um about two hours since the swim had started and there were still thousands and thousands of pounds worth of bike equipment racked and 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 i was just thinking you know there's there's ten thousand pound bikes there you know you 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 know as fast as you might be on the bike you're not going to catch you're not going to put an hour into someone that left the water you know halfway through your particular swim um so you you know sometimes it's it's frustrating it's confusing um but yeah bike stuff's nice and shiny and it's bling swimming's swimming not so much i mean you know the wetsuits are starting to go up in price so i've been i've been looking at a a, the first sort of thousand pound plus wetsuit now and just wondering Mm. um how on earth that could be justified how it can Mm -hmm. make you that much faster i doubt it um you know and you know, in, I think in the swim, what it comes down to is you need to be comfortable. You need goggles that aren't going to irritate or leak. You need to be comfortable that you know your wetsuit, whatever model it is, whatever price range, is not going to chafe. And there's various things we do to help educate people on that. And and you know, I think you're right. It is education. It is research. It is knowledge that can you know fitness will get you to the race start. And obviously, you need that, and you need the confidence. But these little areas will help you finish the race, and you know, well, I think I think we'll leave um, GI distress. Uh, I think that's a big topic, and we might do that again yeah. in the future. Um, but you know, these are the things that when, allow you. When we actually have some races, Dad. Yeah, yeah. The you know, these are the things that will allow you to finish a race. I mean, I remember my yeah. first hot race in Cancun nearly twenty years ago, and you know, I nearly didn't finish the bike because my stomach was just. You know, I just didn't have the. I think I had just like regular water in a in a bottle, and the temperature was forty five degrees, and it was just sloshing around. But and then someone said like, "Oh, you should probably have some salt in that, and it would have helped flush it out through into your into your like." Oh, I didn't know that back then. That you know that meant I nearly a a wasted trip to Mexico to the world age group champs Mm -hmm. nearly didn't finish. And and it was just, it could you know thousands of pounds on bikes, not a wetsuit for that particular event, and uh, you know a couple of pound on some salt would have um, had me finish a, a, a you know you're right this is this is such an important part of the process and I think lockdown has been good to enable people we've all been researching I myself was yeah. just doing some more ex- swim um swim governing body swim examinations for my coaching qualifications it's just given us a chance to do (laughs) i love a certificate (laughs) can you believe i've still got my one width certificate i'm very proud of that (laughs) yeah definitely i'm not looking badges didn't we can't even remember what they were called oh definitely definitely the badges um they were really good now now you're talking of getting on to swimming you're thinking Mm -hmm. about getting back into your swim training what Mm -hmm. uh, do you have pool time available to you yeah, so I've, um, I, I 
was actually thinking this morning as I was getting up at five o'clock, I don't <gasps> want to go. And I was thinking, no, we must go. We've like all been waiting for six months yeah. to get back in the pool. Um, luckily enough, I um, am able to swim with the university squad and we get a two hours, we get two hour sessions. So um, actually after six months, and this kind of brings us on to where fitness is and, and injury and things as well and, and risk of injury um, is, um, you know, after six months, getting back into two hours is, is a long, is a big session, um, as I'm sure you can appreciate. Um, so we're really lucky. We get we get three two-hour sessions and then a slightly shorter session um, every week. So um, there's lots of volume there in terms of in, in terms of training um, and some good good quality um, training and coaching and things. Um, but it did get me it did get me thinking. And one of the things that I, I know I mentioned to you, Dan, was actually about. You know, we're, we're all getting back in the pool, and although we've been sort of used to getting back in the pool, I know some people have only got forty-five minute sessions. I think a lot of sort of certainly council-run gyms are only offering forty-five short segments. Um, I don't yeah. know what, what are your sessions at the moment for for your athletes. We we are fortunate in in that we uh, have got up to ninety minutes, and okay. so that means we've got a lot of options to do long warm-ups, um, a fair amount of technical work. You know, risk assessments have suggested that we don't um, elevate the heart rate too high with too much strong fitness mm. just so people aren't breathing over each other. It's a very yeah. strict setup in terms of lane structure, mm. um, the amount of overtaking and so mm. on. So, you know, it, it's a it's a the, to be honest, the two things have sort of worked well hand in hand in in yeah. the after such a long break, we're offering exactly the sort of session that would probably make sense if you did have access to that amount of time in the you know long warm-up is good it's you're going to feel very mechanical very clumsy very awkward getting back into the water after such a long break um i would be um you know i would be you know a lot of triathletes like pool boy and paddles uh, it sort of hides a multitude of sins in you know what the legs do. I'd be a little bit careful of overloading the shoulders unless you've been yeah. particularly diligent with mm. lots of shoulder prehab, rehab yeah. during your time out. If you've been following stretch cord sessions uh, mm. like we offered all the way through, I think mm. you know most people's shoulders will be in good shape. But yeah. you know, just, just be careful. You know, swim swim accessories are. Uh, is resistance training it is weight training in the pool so you know just be careful with how much you do you know if if anything i would suggest maybe fins would be a preference in that they'll give you that boost that a pool boy might but it won't just overload any one particular area it won't sort of you know and your shoulders are quite delicate they're such a such a clever piece of engineering that you should mm. treat them carefully and stretching and massage at the appropriate times are all going to be essential um but you you know speak to a physio speak to a strength and conditioning expert mm. and and get a routine that looks after your shoulders and you should do you should, do, should be doing that anyway yeah. um because if if they are not happy if they do start to grumble it's a long route back to fitness mm. a long process of rehab yeah um and and that's a shame because you know yeah. it's an integral part of triathlon, obviously. And and Absolutely. I've I've seen many. I think, I think you know along alongside that as well is where people have been, um, you know, being able to attend the gym beforehand, along with the kind of us swimming. You know, I think we've I think as as athletes, it certainly made me really aware of actually how much swimming does um, 
affect our training and our physique and our strength in lots of different ways. And I don't think we've ever had a period of time where all athletes suddenly have not been swimming or, you know, or in a gym. And I think um, there's, there's a number of things that really sort of came came to light for me one of them was yes we could kind of most of us could keep up our you know our aerobic fitness with you know biking and running over over lockdown but um one of the things certainly that i found is it does make you very tired getting up at five o'clock in the morning (laughs) and getting out to the pool so i think there's that there's that kind of load element to you you know training as in like from a less sleep perspective the overall fatigue yeah and good quality sheep and sleep for recovery as well um but also in the sense of how much it does keep your aerobic fitness up um but also your strength as well um you know and and that really i think has been um you know so valuable getting back in the pool and thinking actually you know this really does um keep us keep us not only fit but keeps us um our upper body strong as well um and i guess the risk of injury with people that would have been in the gym beforehand and then not going to the gym and not swimming and then getting back in like you say and maybe choosing some huge paddles or whatever and, and trying to do the same session is just is just leading to, to to injury really if if there's one thing i would again if people are there's a time and a place obviously if people are struggling with front crawl in general then obviously that's going to be a main focus but you know if if you if you are sort of happy with the fundamentals one of the best things you could probably do is have a look at the other strokes you know back backstroke is fantastic it 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 reverses the movements you learn propulsion through different hand pathways it's fantastic for reversing all of the front crawl that we generally do as long distance triathletes open water front crawl swimmers um you know, it's fantastic cross training. It will distribute the the load through the shoulders significantly in different ways. Uh, that would be helpful, and it will also make your swimming session so much more interesting. Yeah. You know, as a, growing up as a swimmer, I couldn't even comprehend. I mean, and I was a distance freestyler, so from a young age, so we did do a lot of front crawl, but even so, not nearly. In terms of the ratio, you know, we yeah. still mixed the other strokes and kept shoulders relatively healthy by doing a lot of medley work and there are you know yeah. there there are other routine you know double arm backstroke with a pull boy if you haven't got the time to work on the you know intricacies of alternating backstroke arms and the coordination of the legs you know at least have a in your swim down double arm backstroke with a pull boy is relaxing it will stretch your shoulders out it will release the tension in in your chest because that's quite a, a lot of work comes from it w- within the chest as well you know that would be highly beneficial and if you've got the time have a look at that that's what something i'd recommend yeah it's never it's never something i've um i've really sort of done done a lot of actually i think you know, the other um the other interesting thing that i was thinking about in terms of injury as well is that um and and sort of feedback i guess from athletes is that athletes are kind of wanting although we, uh, for most of us we haven't got sort of races going on and things but um that athletes have wanted to sort of get back into shape. And I think, um, and I mean that in every sort of way, you know, from a body composition point of view, we've, we've all changed shape because we haven't been, we haven't been swimming. We certainly all haven't been racing or for most of us, you know, over the season. So we do feel different. And I think a lot of athletes feel in a very strange place in terms of kind of body composition and appetite and where their bodies were kind of this time last year as well. And I think, um, 
without touching on appetite and actually how much um, your appetite tends to be quite affected, um, you know, getting back into water again and, and swimming. Um, that's certainly one thing that I've remembered that you become <laughs> very hungry again. But also if you're, you know, if you're really sort of cutting back in your intake because you're thinking, right, I'm, you know, kind of getting back into things and I want to get back into shape again, is that, you know, that, that does increase our risk of injury if we don't fuel and um, repair and recover properly we are going to open up ourselves up to injury anyway so on top of that you know getting back into swim training where we haven't been um working our shoulders as much um you know just, just i think for athletes just to be aware that you know we we do need to be careful about injury and like you say you know the road to recovery after a shoulder injury is is not is not quick yeah yeah so i mean so so you know don't forget your hydration because people often mm-hmm. overlook that. Maybe we're not working as hard mm-hmm. in in the water at the moment, keeping things quite technical. It is the autumn. Autumn for us generally is a period of, of what I refer to as technical endurance, where we mm-hmm. look at technique. We you know we keep volumes reasonable, but most people are heading into winter, and it's a good chance mm-hmm. to work on technique. But you know you you will sweat in the pool depending on the pool temperatures. Even if you're not working tremendously hard, and you still yeah. need to you know refuel and repair post swim. Yeah. Um, you know what what would you recommend post swim? I think it well it entirely depends on the session. I think yeah. for, for a lot of us that are training early in the morning, and I know sessions often, um, and I know it's a bit all over the place at the moment, but often kind of are, are either sort of you know, later sessions maybe in the evening or they might be just before kind of evening meal time, which kind of works out quite nicely. If you can get home sort of and, and eat within the hour, then that's perfect. But, you know, certainly sort of early morning sessions and then being able to get a really good breakfast is, is really important. I would say just be aware of, like, it depends entirely on the session that you've done. You know, you were talking more about that, those endurance sessions and we probably don't expend as much energy as we would in a, like a, a kind of hard speed session. Session. Um, I don't know what you call those sessions, Dan, actually, but, um, you know, if, if you're looking at kind of more of those anaerobic sort of um, sessions in terms yeah. of needing to replenish more carbohydrate, it's, it's very much being aware that often appetite appears to be more than maybe you've actually expended. It's very easy yeah. to actually overeat as well because there's an increase in appetite, so especially if water has been um, cooler. So if you're, if you're swimming in a pool where water temperatures are slightly lower I know some pool temperatures obviously differ quite a bit it's just being aware of actually you know not over fueling but it's really important to fuel um so if you're um if you're struggling to kind of get back and eat within that kind of sort of hour window um then it might be that you take a recovery milkshake with you that you can have just in the in the car or on your walk back back home um but actually coming back and having something that's got enough protein in so we need at least 20 grams of protein and that's the amount of protein rather than the the weight of a food for example um so to give you an idea a pint of milk gives you 20 grams of protein so okay. one of the cheapest options for a post-training recovery shake and actually replenishes um, a really good amount of sodium as well and fluid um, ah. so it's you know super cheap way to get to get sort of some some fuel inside you but if you're coming home to eat um two to three scrambled eggs on on um, a piece of toast um would would certainly fit the bill for sort of an hour an hour and a half session um 
obviously getting down to the nitty gritty if you if you're doing harder interval sessions or you know those speed sessions anaerobic sessions you're going to need to replenish a bit more of that that, that carbohydrate um and although protein actually is really important it's it's really protein one of the reasons um for having the protein after training as well is to actually help um you um be able to restock or restore more glycogen more stored carbohydrates so that's actually one of the reasons we we use protein as well so um that's it kind of has a number a number of uses really after training um and then of course if you're coming over after an evening session you know coming back and having your your evening meal um and as long as you've got a balance of, of proteins and carbohydrates and some some good sort of you know veggies and, and salads and things with it that should meet your needs um it's really easy to, to meet a protein need for example you know a a standard sort of chicken breast breast or um, piece of fish that's the size of, size of the palm of your hand could easily, depending on the size of it, could easily be anywhere sort of from 27 to 30 grams of protein. So that's pretty easy um, to meet sort of protein protein needs. And th- that's a good um, uh, that's a good good point because I think a lot of our our swimmers, our, our triathletes, you know, they they often we get late swimming slots. So you know yeah. we. Sunday night at Putney, we we finish uh, at nine thirty, so that's get changed, go home, ten p.m. Yeah. You know, is that too late to eat? If I but if, if I don't eat, is the next day going to suffer? Yeah, well, for, for most for most athletes that are training, and whether you're you know from your background, Dan, whether you're a swimmer and you're getting up again at kind of crazy o'clock to go and, <laughs> to go and do another hard swim session, which is often the case, isn't it? With a lot of our swim slots, you know, you you have got. The same with um, other athletes, like um, people that um, are speed skaters and things like that. A lot of slots really late at night or really early in the morning because yeah. you know the, the rest of the day is is for kind of schools and uh, and other things. So, um, the in answer to your question, it's really important that you rehydrate and that you do replenish your stores of glycogen and protein and also to help with sleep as well so if it's a really late session i would say plan your evening meal a bit earlier so that you've got at least two hours to let that food start to digest so nothing too high in protein nothing too high in fat but carbohydrate being more of the dominant fuel that you would need that sort of two to three hours really before that session so you've done your kind of or eating your evening meal, so to speak, which is kind of fueling that session. And then when you get home, it's thinking about a post-training snack as opposed to another meal. Something liquidy works really well because it's quite light. So something kind of yogurt-based, um, so it could be some fruit and some higher protein yogurts. So something like the, the skier yogurts or the quark-based yogurts, because they are strained, they are naturally then thicker or more concentrated in protein. So again, it is easier to meet your needs um or it could be again you know something that is um a recovery milkshake um, and a piece of fruit say um it could be as easy as if you were hungry um, a couple of pieces of toast and baked beans with a little bit of cheese on top um but if you didn't want to eat because obviously if you eat really close to going to bed it's going to affect your sleep as well right. um you know digesting a lot and then trying to sleep um will will affect sleep um because it actually increases your um your uh that your thermic um energy that you produce because metabolism increases that that thermic effect so we become a bit warmer and then it makes sleep maybe a bit more difficult as well um so that's where you could also if you don't make your own sort of smoothie or or recovery um milkshake um you know you could utilize a tested um protein-based um recovery shake 
Um, and maybe choosing one that has got carbohydrates in it as well, because there are a number that are quite low in carbs. So you'd be looking at one that's more kind of a, of a recovery-based um, protein um, shake. Um, and you could choose one that's slower release, like casein, a casein-based, or you could choose a quicker release one, like whey. Um, and, you know, you could add some free snits. You could make it into your own kind of smoothie. And then you, therefore, you'd be adding the carbohydrate to it if you were adding the, the fruit in and maybe sort of normal milk as well. Um, so I think there's lots of options. But I, I would say, yeah, don't, don't try and go home and have a big meal because that's just going to affect your sleep. And then trying to get up, you know, five, six hours later is going to be is going to be difficult and it will affect your training the next day <laughs> claire this is absolutely fascinating uh, i'm looking forward to the next chat already i do yeah. have a certain um little boy that needs his lunch <laughs> and, and then his afternoon nap so i'm gonna have to uh, go and take care of him but always uh, fascinating and i will post where we can get in contact with you as always uh, good luck with the hub. Uh, it sounds brilliant. Thank and thank you for some invaluable information. Wonderful. Absolutely. And we'll, we'll, uh, we'll be in touch soon.